Hi and welcome to the Journalism Salute. I'm Mark Simon. In each episode, we'll talk to or about an interesting person or organization related to journalism. The intent is to show that journalists are not the enemy of the people. Thank you for listening. For episode number 75 of our podcast, we're joined by Tiana Tate. Tiana will be attending the University of Alabama Law School after completing her undergrad work there with a degree in news media. Her minor was advocacy, voice, and stewardship. Two years ago, she started a magazine for students, 1956, the first Black student-led magazine at the school. It's staffed by 50 students. It's full color, great articles, and amazing photography. First of all, Tiana, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us your journalism origin story. So when I was younger, I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of drawing and I read a lot of magazines. Ebony, Essence and Jet Magazine were just a few magazines that I enjoyed collecting as a young child. And when I went to elementary school, my school actually had a news anchoring segment for students. And you had to be in second grade to join the staff and say the morning news on a daily basis to the students. And I was always intrigued by that. My older brother who had went to the same elementary school as me a few years prior, he was involved with it and it was called WBEC. And I just always found it something interesting and amazing to do as a child because I liked the idea of being on TV and being able to speak to every student in my school. But I didn't necessarily think that it would lead to me pursuing journalism as a major when I got into college. But ultimately, looking back on my childhood and just seeing how involved I was in writing and how that passion never stopped, I knew that journalism would be a really good major for me going into college because I knew I wanted to go to law school. And so when I came to UA and I saw all the different resources that were available, I knew I wanted to take that passion for journalism and create something that could leave an impact on campus. So how did you exactly come up with the idea for 1956? Were you just somewhere and it just kind of came up or was it one of those things that kind of grew in another way? So the idea for 1956 came about the summer after my freshman year, which was the beginning of the pandemic. So I spent a lot of time at home because a lot of things were on lockdown. And so I was just thinking of different ways that I could be more involved on campus when things did open back up. And I realized that there wasn't a magazine for or by Black students. And that's kind of when I started creating just the overall layout for what the magazine could be. And from there, I sent a few emails out to different professors and faculty at UA who agreed that the idea would be impactful. And that's kind of how 1956 originated. Explain uh, why it's named what it is. The name 1956 comes from the year that author Lucy Foster, the first Black student, was allowed to officially enroll at the University of Alabama. And while she wasn't allowed to stay and graduate initially, she really did pave the way for other Black students to be able to attend the university. So that's why I wanted to name the magazine 1956, because it connected to the history of Black students. What were some of the other things that you kind of wrote out and said, this is what it's going to be? Like, were there themes? So I wrote out like different sections. So the magazine has a features 
experiences section and also a culture and lifestyle section. And so from there, that's kind of how I went on to determining what type of content I want to be in the magazine. I knew I wanted the magazine to be an outlet for Black students and provide them with a voice. So that kind of helped me, that kind of helped guide me into determining how I wanted to create 1956. How often does it come out? So 1956 comes out on a monthly basis, and we have two print editions. One was released last April in 2021, and one was released this April in 2022. So I was trying to come up with what would be an appropriate one-word description, since we're essentially trying to paint a word picture for it as we talk. I think I've settled on bold as a, a way to describe certain aspects of it, and that's characterizing things like the fonts, the design, the cover art, the story packages, meaning both the content and the photos. And I feel like there's a level of excellence that you're trying to hit with regards to specifically the appearance uh, of the magazine. And it should be noted too, that in each issue, you're greeted by the words, dear black students, you do matter. What are the characteristics that define what this magazine is? The magazine has a bunch of characteristics and honestly, all the different creative mindsets from Black students at UA helped create the magazine and its characteristics. I would say one word that sticks with me is transcending because the magazine definitely does reach outside of UA's Black community. We've had people who don't even have any connections to the University of Alabama reach out wondering how they can get involved with the magazine because a lot of times when people saw the magazine on social media or online or news interviews, they didn't realize that it was just a student magazine. And so knowing that the magazine is able to educate people who may not even attend the university and also inspire them definitely leads me to say that one of the characteristics of the magazine is transcending. And how did you come up with the look for it? So the look for the magazine, originally I came up with the logo, but when I got my student team together, that's kind of how we came up with the look. We all pitched in different ideas and the looks were determined by the themes. So typically we voted on themes, like I put a few themes out there for the magazine and we went from there. One of our issues was entitled Voice and on that cover there was a sign with someone holding up Your Voice Matters and Stuff like that, the themes help us figure out how we want the magazine to look, the color scheme and everything. So the themes are really important when we're determining how we want the magazine to look, but we also want the magazine to be an embodiment of all of the ideas of everybody on our team. And I'm thinking here in terms of maybe there are some people that might be listening and saying, okay, how do I have the idea for this? How do I get started? Uh, What were some of the keys for you in getting this? So I would say definitely planning. Again, when I started 1956, that was the summer after my freshman year, I spent a lot of time just writing things down, typing out different things, researching. I looked at other student magazines that might not have you know, focused on Black students, but I looked at how those were orchestrated and how those were um, executed. I also looked at my original, my original inspiration, which was Ebony, Essence, and Jet magazine, and I looked at the different sections they had, which ultimately helped me determine that I wanted a features and experiences section, a culture and lifestyle section. But I would definitely say to anyone who has an idea similar to this, to do your research, but also write everything down, all your different ideas. You may not end up sticking with the original idea that you have, just having something on paper gives you a lot to work with. A lot of times people like to keep things in their mind or 
you know, wait, say they're going to do something in the next year. But with 1956, I knew that it would have an immediate impact, which is why I tried to fast track everything so that it could be ready by the time school started back up, which it was ready that August. So I would definitely say write things down, research, and go from there. Explain the section that you had letters from alumni. So the letters from alumni section came about recently, and it happened because we had a lot of Black alumni who read the magazine, supported the magazine, and I felt like it would be a great opportunity for them to reach back out to current Black students and give advice in the magazine. So while it's a new section, I definitely do see it going on in the future and being successful because the voices of Black alumni also matter, and it, it really shows that they still support the Black students here at UA by giving them advice and by also supporting their endeavors with the magazine. Was there one in particular that was particularly important to get? Honestly, I would say all of the letters were important to get to me. I don't have one in particular because I feel like they all offer different aspects. We've had alumni from years past, but one of the alumni was actually very recent, Jasmine Holly. She was on the original 1956 staff and she wrote a letter. And I feel like just having those different perspectives and outlooks from people who might have recently graduated from UA, who might have also worked on the magazine, who might not have recently graduated from UA, but who have experiences that can really guide students who are still here is really important to me. So honestly, all the different perspectives from all the different alumni letters really meant a lot to me. And explain the importance of, you've had photos of people modeling, including one of the, the top football play, college football players in the country, Will Anderson. I found that a lot of students here at UA have a lot of different passions and sometimes they don't have the outlet to show that. So there are a lot of Black students here at UA who want to get involved with modeling or who do model and just have never really had that platform to have their photos out there in an actual publication. And I know how important modeling can be to people because I dabble in it sometimes too. So I would definitely say that we try not to be limiting and we want to get models from all different backgrounds, all different aspects. But I would say my photographer, Tyler Hogan, he definitely helped with getting the Will Anderson photo shoot done because he personally had that connection and had done photo shoots with him in the past. So I would definitely say like the 1956 team in general, we all use our connections and pull them together when we're thinking about what models we want to get or what stories we want to tell. So definitely modeling and photo shoots are a big thing in the magazine, just because again, pulling from my original inspiration, Ebony Magazine, Essence Magazine, and Jet Magazine, they had a lot of black models in their publications. So I knew going with 1956, I wanted to do something similar. And I think those pictures are also a way to tell stories without words. And I would think, too, that uh, getting the endorsement, essentially, of someone like a Will Anderson uh, is a powerful thing to get with, uh, with regards to being able to connect to students. Definitely. Um, those endorsements are impactful because it helps students who might not have known about 1956 still see the picture or hear about say someone like Will Anderson being in the magazine and that'll make them want to look at the magazine and in turn a lot of those students actually become new supporters for the magazine they'll follow they'll follow the magazine on social media they'll be looking out for the new edition so I would definitely say that endorsements and just having people who have that you know public presence be in the magazine definitely does help us grow. You mentioned uh, your photo uh, editor being uh, someone who's been vital to the success. Are, are there other people that you would like to shout out? 
I would definitely say the whole team in general, the upcoming and new editor-in-chief, Ashley Woods, she's been someone who was also on the original 1956 team. So I feel like everyone in a way plays a very essential role, whether it comes to their writing skills, their photography skills, or just their connections. I would say even the writers, the contributing writers, the people on our social media team, they all have ideas that really have helped elevate 1956 magazine into what it is today. Now, we mentioned before that the issues have themes. You mentioned there was one on the history of Ebony, Essence, and Jet. You did one on Women's History Month. You did one on sports. You did one on the campus community and whether, I think it was in particular, Greek life feels diverse. You did one on just the idea of being able to go back outside after essentially you were able to return to school. The articles I would describe as modestly long, not necessarily overly so. There's the artwork, there's the photography, there are all the different sections that you mentioned. I'm curious if we could take one issue, any issue that that you particularly like, and kind of guide us through from conceived idea to finished product and all the key things that were hit, and maybe an obstacle or two that you ran into along the way. So I'll go with our most recent issue, which is moving on up which kind of gave a tribute to the Black Panther Party. So the initial thing with the magazines is, of course, determining the theme. So the themes are kind of, over the summer, what I typically do is I create a document and I list different articles and different topics that I would love for the magazine to include for the upcoming year. And then within those, I create themes and sub-themes for the different months. And sometimes I try to relate the theme to the month. So like say February, I try to focus on Black History Month and the different aspects of that or Women's History Month, the theme relating to that. Then when we go into our staff meetings that we have on a weekly basis and it's a new month, we discuss the different topics, getting writers and designers to sign up for them and also which theme title we feel like strongly connects to those topics the best. So sometimes the theme titles, they change. Sometimes they change more than once during the production process, but the theme in and of itself stays the same. So the theme title moving on up, that changed a lot because that was our print edition and we did want it to be something that was impactful. And we chose moving on up because it had a double meaning. So moving on up connected to the 70s and the Black Panther Party was very influential during that time. And so we wanted it to connect to the culture and also to the tribute that we were trying to do. And so when we have the theme decided on and the theme title decided on, we worked on getting the stories assigned to the writers. And so with the stories, there's always like an initial list and you know, writers sign up for the different stories, but they also can pitch their own stories if they don't wanna sign up for the ones on the list. And so once we get that finalized, of course, we get the designers assigned to different things. And the assignment process is really just giving them the ability to choose on their own and decide on their own what they want to do. Like, I don't assign for them because I would rather them be passionate about what they're working on rather than just doing it because they were assigned to it. And then from there, we have to plan out the photo shoots and get the models for the, the photo shoots. But also during that process, we have to focus on the cover because the cover is one of the first things that people see. So we want it to be something that stands out and that gravitates them towards the magazine. So 
those different elements combined with setting different deadlines. The deadlines are typically very flexible because we realize that things are going to come up. Sometimes people who are supposed to be interviewed for stories, those interviews take longer than expected. And so we set the deadlines to, to be flexible so that we don't ever end up in like a bunch where like the magazine needs to go out in a week and we're not ready for it to be released. So there's definitely different elements that go into the production process. It is like, I wouldn't say complicated, but it has its different elements that just all come together to create something beautiful in the end. And I would say it definitely depends on the month also. Like I'm big on flexibility because of course, like we're college students. And so people have exams and they have tests and they have, you know, different things that may pop up unexpectedly. So every production process may not be exactly the same, but they all have the same foundation when it comes to those weekly meetings and throwing out ideas and just getting people to want to be passionate about what it is they're assigned to in the magazine. And again, when I say assigned, we don't do the assigning, we let them sign up and choose something that they're passionate about so that their creativity and everything can be displayed in the magazine to the best of their ability. What's the biggest obstacle that you ran into with the last issue? I would say with the last issue, the biggest obstacle we ran into was the fact that it was the print edition. So it was different from our other digital editions. With the digital editions, we have a little bit more time and flexibility when it comes to the deadlines. But with the print edition, because we have to get it sent out to the printer and we have to get everything proofread. And after you know a certain date, we can't change anything. It was really important for us to get the photo shoots, get the models, and get the stories in. And with the print edition, there were some stories that I felt like would have been amazing, but we had to cut them because, because of time and because of deadlines. So I would say that the print edition, surprisingly, deadlines was the, the biggest issue. And how would you characterize yourself as an editor-in-chief? You sound like someone who's particularly well-organized. I would characterize myself as someone who likes to hear the ideas of others. I don't like to be overbearing in a sense because I feel like that limits creativity. And so, yes, I put my ideas out there. I try to be as organized as possible, but I also like hearing the ideas of others, especially the freshmen, because the freshmen come in with like a new outlook and a new perspective. And I like hearing from the new students because those are ultimately going to be the students who help keep the magazine going after you know, all the older students graduate. So the University of Alabama, certainly there is a very long history there as relates to race relations and Black students. And I'm curious now, looking at it, what have you learned about the history of, of the University of Alabama from your time there? I'll definitely say that I went into the University of Alabama already knowing about a lot of its past racial history, but being a student here has kind of allowed me to see that there are certain faculty and staff who want to help the current Black students and the future Black students be able to excel in a way that students in the past weren't able to, like, because of the different obstacles and hindrances that they experienced. So while I say originally coming into the University of Alabama as a freshman, I honestly did not know what to expect. 
at times, but being here, I will say that there is support for Black students. Of course, there can always be more support. And I feel like that's why as a student here, I wanted to create something that I felt like would give Black students an outlet to have their voices heard, which I feel like that's what 1956 Magazine does. And I hope that more programs and more outlets are created by Black students, but even by the university, so that that past racial history that they have that, that isn't positive can, in turn, be moved forward to something that actually impacts Black students and helps them, not just while they're here on campus, but also when they graduate and go into their future careers. Do you have a favorite class from your from your journalism time at uh, University of Alabama? There was a class that I took, and it was teaching multimedia journalism. Professor Cummings taught that class. I really liked that class because I took it as an elective, but it really allowed me to be able to look at different ways that I can create things like through journalism that also educate people. So it helped me get skills to be able to pass down the skills that the journalism skills that I have to people who might not necessarily have a full grasp on those skills. So I would definitely say I like that class because it was different than the other journalism classes that I took. It didn't necessarily focus on, of course, talking in front of like a TV screen, but like it definitely did help me hone my skills in terms of being able to teach others. So with all of the things that you've done, and I guess this class kind of plays into this uh, question a little bit, and 1956, like that's a grand project that I imagine in the moment, you know, you're working on it, you're working on it, you're working on it, but then you kind of take a step back and look, and I wonder how has doing uh, all of this work uh, changed you? All of this has allowed me to see that you know, my ideas and the things that I'm passionate about can actually make an impact. And I feel like a lot of times students don't realize that. And so working with 1956, I've been able to network with students, but also professionals in the journalism field and outside the journalism field. And all of that has just made me realize that taking small steps can lead to big outcomes. 1956 started as an idea. And I could have just, you know, let it stay as an idea. I could have just kept it in my head or I could have just procrastinated and not taken the first initial steps to get it done. And the whole process has definitely been rewarding and I've learned different things along the way. I've also learned how to work with the team and how to combine everyone's ideas into a finished project. So I would definitely say 1956 has just truly been impactful for me because of the different experiences that I've gained, the people that I've met, and the relationships that I've been able to maintain through the magazine. Certainly all-encompassing. And we've kind of buried the lead on one thing. You alluded to it briefly. You said you dabble in modeling. You are the current Miss Black Alabama. And I know that the platform that you presented at the pageant at which you won that was something that was tied to media. Can you explain what that was? Yes, so it's diversifying media and elevating marginalized voices. That's my platform because I've seen the impact that 1956 has on a college level. And I feel like the same thing can be implemented into elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools. A lot of times the things students see are the things students believe. So the media, a lot of times, sometimes it's not as diverse as it should be. 
So I feel like by diversifying the media that students see in school, in turn can help change their outlet and perspectives on their different goals and their different dreams and how they view themselves. And so I guess like one example that I can use and connect to like the pageant world. When I was younger, I loved pageants. Like I've always wanted to be a pageant queen because I've realized the impact that they can have. But, you know, I was born in 2000. So around the time of 2005, pageants weren't really as that pageant queens were not as diverse as they are today. And there's still a lot of work to be done with that. But I feel like, you know, seeing people who look like you and positions that you want to do can really help change your mindset about how you feel, whether or not you can accomplish something. So I chose that platform because I know personally the impact it has on college students. So I know for sure that it can have an impact on elementary students and middle school students. And it doesn't have to be creating new media. It's not about creating new media. It's about allowing the voices of the people who consume that media to be heard and to be elevated because they matter. And so by going to different elementary schools and by speaking to students, um, that just shows them that they too, you know, matter and that they too can accomplish something, even if that's not necessarily something they see in the media often. Congratulations on, on uh, winning Miss Black Alabama. Are you competing now in Miss Black America? Thank you. And yes, I'm competing in Miss Black USA in August, and it's going to be in Washington, D.C. Awesome. Now, career-wise, you want to be a lawyer and a philanthropist. Do you see any future for yourself in journalism? I definitely do think journalism will follow me into the future. I can't say in what particular aspect that it will, but I've always been passionate about writing and telling stories. And I don't think that's going to, I know for a fact that's not going to stop. And so as a lawyer, you know, writing is essential and being able to communicate is essential, which is of course why I chose the journalism major because I knew I wanted to go to law school. But journalism is something that's always been close to my heart. And so I know that whether it be through blogging or through, you know, a website that I create, that for sure, journalism will definitely find its way into my future career as a lawyer and philanthropist. But I was going to ask, is there a path that maybe could be seen someday where you're the publisher of the 21st century version of Jet, Ebony, or Essence? I definitely wouldn't say that there's not a path for that. Um, <laughs> I, I have the passion, again, like I said, and I feel like I have the skill set and also the mindset to do those things. And so... Who knows what can happen in the future? And I feel like if that's the opportunity that I'm given, that that's somewhere where I can see myself excelling. But also, I would definitely use the opportunity to create more opportunity for Black journalists who also want to have their voices heard on a big national platform. Yep, this is, that's a theme that we have uh, certainly talked about with a number of different guests that we've had on this uh, podcast. And you mentioned before write everything down as a piece of advice that you would have for a student at an Alabama or an Ole Miss or Mississippi State or another Deep South school who sees what you did and says, I want to do that. Is there any other advice that you would have for uh, someone with regards to putting together what you've done? I would say don't let any hiccups or obstacles in the road like, um, hinder you from continuing to keep going. Things aren't always going to go smoothly. 
sometimes you're not going to get all the yeses that you want. But I would say if you're passionate about something, if you have an idea about something, there's always a way for you to make it happen. So that's why I say write everything down, because you might go back and look at what you wrote down and realize, well, there's another route that I can take to get this magazine started up, because you might not get the initial funding that you want, or you might not get the initial resources that you need. But there's somebody at your university who is willing to help you and willing to help other students who are like-minded like you accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish. So I would say also just look at the people at your university, whether that be students, whether that be professors or whoever, and see if they also have similar passions and just hear their ideas also because they might have an idea that you might not have thought of that can help you also be successful in accomplishing your goal. The last question is the same one that we ask of all of the different guests that come on this podcast. The podcast's name is The Journalism Salute. We salute you for your good work. Is there a journalist or journalism organization that you're not affiliated with that you would like to salute for their good work? I would like to salute, it's not a small scale journalism organization, but Essence Magazine, just because I feel like they've always continued to put out content that pours back into the Black community. And they're continuing to do that work even on a digital scale, because a lot of magazines are turning digital now. And so being able to go on social media and seeing what they put out continues to inspire me. And I see how it continues to inspire other Black journalists which I think is really important. Is there a piece, maybe just a recent one uh, in particular that they've done that you would strongly recommend or an issue? Not in particular. I would say that their digital magazine covers that they post on Instagram that portray the Black family in terms of the Black wife, the Black husband, and also the child. I love those covers because it shows that Black love still matters and that those connections are very important for the Black community. Tiana Tate, we thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, certainly, I think this, this episode will be particularly inspiring for uh, young students that are tuning in and hoping to reach the goals that, uh, that you have. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode, I have a few others to recommend. Episode 20 featured the professor Tiana talked about, Meredith Cummings. Meredith talked about teaching journalism and a road trip she took touring the nation's newspaper offices. Episode 28 featured three students formerly at a high school in Kirkwood, Missouri, who worked on their own version of the 1619 Project, learning about race relations in their cities. And episode 55 with Ashley Fields. Ashley is a student at Howard University, where she was editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, The Hilltop. Be sure to check those out. Thank you for listening to the Journalism Salute. Please let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on Twitter at JournalismPod, and you can email us at JournalismSalute at gmail.com.